and welcome to Not a Couple, a Will and Grace podcast. I'm Tess. I'm Matthew. And this week we're talking about season three, episode fifteen, My Uncle the Car. What a dumb name for an episode. Oh, apparently it's a reference to an old TV show called My Mother the Car or something. That's even worse. Yeah, I don't know. So let's Ugh. let's read the episode description. Do we have to? Yes, we do. Fine. I'm grumpy about this episode, though. Okay. Uh, so here's the episode description. A quirky nun, Ellen DeGeneres, buys Grace's <laughs> lemon of a car. Jack thinks he's half black, and Karen hustles to keep Rosario as her maid. So Good this summary, at least. was a fucking dumpster fire of an episode. Yeah. Let's let's be honest. <laughs> this No, there were no lesbians in this episode. Don't get confused. Yeah, man, it was a lot like there was just a lot of things happening. This was this episode was just kind of an across the board no for me. Yeah. No to Jack, no to Karen, no to Will and Grace and Ellen DeGeneres. Just if they can't make America's Sweetheart Ellen DeGeneres work, then it's a problem. And I mean, like, I guess it's not quite America's Sweetheart Ellen. Yeah, I think this yet. episode is technically slightly before Ellen like makes her big comeback because mm-hmm. she might be still doing Ellen 2.0 right now. Right. But that being said, like, Ellen is still a really funny comedian and actress. Right. And like the fact that they couldn't make an out lesbian actress work as a nun like, on a gay TV show like this should have been a slam dunk casting choice, especially because I. I feel like Ellen's second sitcom was on NBC, wasn't it? I think it was, yeah. So this is like clearly a cross-casting where you're like trying to like build up momentum for your other show. Right, like when they had uh, Lisa Kudrow was in... Right. Was it Mad About You and Friends? Yes. I think so, because that's where Although that Ursula might be more of a from. coincidence. Uh, yeah, I think she was just cast on both at the same time, but yeah. her part on Mad About You was like as a waiter or something. Right, because for a while NBC was really all about all the shows being in the same universe. Which gets really fucking twisted when you, like, really dig into it. Because, like, you can track, like, 30 Rock all the way back to, like, Crossing Jordan or something ridiculous like that. That's insanity. Because from, from all the crossovers and stuff, you know. That's too much. But anyways. Hasn't Detective Munch from Law & Order SVU been in, like, every show on NBC? Well, that's different because <laughs> he was actually canonically in a totally different show and then yes. got transferred to SVU. Wasn't he, like, on, like... Crime Life on the Street, whatever that old... Homicide Life on the Street. There we yeah. go. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, fuck, what was it called? Crime. Yeah, and there's something about that is also why he was on the show for so long, because he kept getting royalties every time his character was on screen. Mm. So that's part of the reason so that he like, was on Since we're so paying long. him anyways, we might as well just let him come to work. Well, I think, I think part of it is the reason he kept staying on the show is because he got paid for being on the show and also then got paid for his character being on the show. Huh. So he was double dipping, but he was not really making that much of a salary, so NBC was totally fine with it. Mm. You know, I read an article today that says double dipping is actually super gross, like, from like a bio. I didn't know that was a thing until I had friends. Oh? Yeah, I mean, I didn't have enough friends to tell me that double dipping was a thing until I had a friend whose mom was like, oh, double dipping. And then I was like, okay. So. And then I just like continued doing it, and then at a subsequent event... They explained what double dipping was to me. Did your mom not teach you not to double dip? No, she did not. I'm going to call her right now. It was now. not a thing in the Redden household. Karen, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I yeah. guess we should break down this episode bit by bit. Okay, so like, let's... Sh- should we start with Jack? Let's start with Jack, because Jack is, I think, the most... Is the most <laughs> underutilized in this episode, which, thank God, because I think his problems with his plot are the most egregious. Yes, so basically... 
here's what happens. Jack gets a postcard from his mom who's on some sort of like singles cruise. And if you recall, uh, like last season, I think it was, during the Thanksgiving episode. It was last season, which is kind of crazy because you, you think this would be resolved by now. Yeah. So last season, it is revealed that the person that Jack thought was his dad isn't really his dad. Right. And so he's like having a crisis about it. And there was that whole episode where like Karen thought that she had set him up with his dad, but him and the guy he thought were his dad thought right. it was And that date. was also last season, right? I think yes. Okay. So like there's been some build up to this. So... He gets a card from his mom that's like, blah, 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 having a lovely time in the cruise. By the way, your dad was a black boy. Which... And like... Okay, I'm just going to spoil the surprise right now just so we can talk about the egregiousness yeah, of this. Yeah, that's a great idea. So, like, what it turns out is his biological father was one of the blacks, an Irish Catholic family from her hometown. That's actually kind of a very 30 Rock twist. Mm-hmm. I think something very similar actually does happen in a 30 Rock episode. <laughs> Because uh, Alec Baldwin's character, Jack Donnelly, does also have the same problem where he doesn't know who his father is. Oh, sweet Jesus, baby. Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. All these Irish Catholic women have to stop, like, sleeping around. Well, yeah. Or they have to make an actual harem out of it. So then you know who the dead is. Yeah. So so this is kind of like... So basically, Jack spends half the episode thinking he's half African-American, and he is not. Obviously. Clearly. Um, Which is kind of a TV trope. Like, we kind of did a quick Google and it's mm-hmm. like a little bit of a combination of the like pre-DNA testing like mama's baby papa's maybe trope where right. like you don't know who the dad is on a TV show and like that's a real thing like in a certain sense right. some people I could see being like oh how interesting that I have some heritage that I didn't expect but like it only happens on TV to pasty white dudes. Yeah. No, like, because, like, the other one is, like, the chocolate baby trope where, like, yeah. all of a sudden this character who's previously presumed to be white is, like, revealed to, like, have mixed race heritage for, and it's like, not like that never happens. Right. Like, it's just not very... It just doesn't happen the way it happens on TV. Like... Right. Like, like it's totally possible for you to appear white or pass as white. Right. And, and not have be white. heritage of non-white heritage. Right. Right. But it's not... A, likely. Right. It's also not, like, you wouldn't respond that way. Right. You know what I mean? It, it just wouldn't, that wouldn't be the case. Right. So, like, like the biggest example I can think of of this is, like, the late season reveal on that 70s show where all of a sudden you discover that Stephen Hyde, who you thought was just, like, this white stoner, is actually, like, a half-black stoner. This means nothing to me, of course. Which, it's just, like, it just, it doesn't impact the character except to, like, add, like, a weird tripping point in their backstory, and it's just... And it, it, like, it just, it doesn't make sense, especially not to cast these, like, definitely, like, Anglo white guys to right. be playing these supposedly mixed race characters. Well, and that's the other thing is, I don't know whether it's more racist with, where it's in this scenario with Will and Grace where, surprise, he's not black. Right. And he's just been spending this whole episode pretending to be black. Yeah. Or in the other situation where you describe where he is mixed race, but, like, it doesn't affect the character. Yeah. Because that character doesn't identify that way. Right. You know what I mean? I don't know which right. is more uncomfortable to me. Yeah, I mean, like, I think, if, and I mean, like, this is just going entirely off memory. I think what happens in that 70s show is eventually Hyde does meet his biological father, and, like, it's, they don't really talk too much about the race thing, but, like, he reconnects with him, and they, like, have right. a family bond or whatever. But, like, yeah, I think this one's probably worse, to be I, honest. I guess that's how I would I feel. Guess they're both bad. Your description of that 70s show one sounds legit. 
comparatively. Yeah, I just, well, it's just, like, the things that Jack, like, complains about are absolutely fucking ridiculous. Right, because, like, at one point in the episode, because the other thing is that, like, this is, like, the C plot, if not lower. Oh, my God, yeah. So, like, this is just kind of recurring throughout the episode, and at one point Jack is like, oh, I didn't get a taxi. Yeah, I Why get... do you think it is? It's because I'm black. Right. And no, it's, it's not. It's, like, they're relying on, like, old-ass stereotypes that are, like, a thing that, re- like, has to do with, like, actual, like, systematic injustice in the world. And they're making it yeah. a joke because, haha, isn't it funny when it happens to a white guy? And it's like, no, it's fucking not funny. This is terrible. Yeah. This is a terrible plot. Why the fuck did you yeah. do this? It's just... Who wrote this episode? I'm going to write them a strongly worded letter. <laughs> This was written by Carl Lizer. L-I-Z-E-R. We'll find you, Well, Carl, Carl you suck. Um, I just, I feel like this is so indicative of the time period. Like, not that we haven't complained about Will and Grace being dated before, but mm-hmm. this is a really egregious example of mm-hmm. something you could not get away with now. Mm-mm. Which is good. Which, I mean, like, doesn't mean that the show wouldn't, like, try to do it. Like, I mean, like, even thinking back to relatively recent TV history, like... The yellow face and how I met your mother in that True. episode about the slap bet, like I just I feel like in this episode the other problem I have with it is just like the blase take that Will and Grace take with it. It's kind of like okay, obviously this is gonna play out, so let's just keep playing right, with it. Like like my, that's that's almost worse to me because like, oh yeah, the character of Jack is presented as stupid and insensitive. Like it's if yeah, it like if he had actually like been played by like a mixed race actor. Or a black actor, this would have felt very like minstrel and gross. Mm-hmm. Like I, and just like Will's response to it too really upset me. Where he like does like the black power symbol and is like, yeah. "Carry on, my brother." And I'm like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like, but it's it's very true to how people who are white who have not any experience with people of color react to this sort of thing I, sometimes. Yeah, I guess which I is guess. terrible. I just mean like I. Call me crazy, but I've never once been friends with someone who's just suddenly become revealed to be a different race than they thought they were. Well, that's because we're not Generation X. Maybe. Was that like a thing? Generation X is... Did that happen? Extremely problematic. Is anyone in that's Generation X That's a whole X other episode of the podcast. If anyone in Generation X is listening to this, can you please explain to me if like a racial reveal was like a commonplace enough thing? Because <laughs> this doesn't seem well, real. Well, because like the problem is that like Generation X is like, they're not baby boomers, which thank God. But like they're also like, they were raised by the generation before the baby boomers. Mm-hmm. So like there's all sorts of like weird problematic shit going on in the Gen X cool yeah like like the original like like the average like reddit person who's causing a problem is probably gen x or gen x influenced you know what i mean like for an example Mm. like it's just it's a really problematic demographic like yeah and that just imagine if your entire life was reality bites (laughs) you know i've never actually seen that movie. me either but i mean you (laughs) can imagine it right I, I don't know anything about this movie, but I assume it is as it is as bad as Chasing Amy. Yeah. Or like Chasing <laughs> Amy. Like, like that is my impression of what reality bites is probably like. Yeah. Um but yeah, so basically the TLDR is Jack isn't actually black. He spends right. uh this brief moment in time in this like Delusion. Delusional post racial wonderland and it's gross. Yeah. And we didn't like it, so bye. Let's yeah. move on. Let's move on to the other a racially complicated oh issue at play. Oh, God. So, this episode introduces Beverly Leslie. Who is a person, I guess. I'm sorry to say you will see more of Beverly. Uh, Beverly Leslie, also, for the record, is the actor Leslie Jordan, who um, 
spilled the beans on the revival of Will and Grace. <laughs> have we confirmed whether or not he's invited back to Will and Grace? I have no idea, but essentially he like said something on Twitter before even Deborah Messing had confirmed it, and then Deborah was like, no, 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 we're just in talks, and like clearly that meant she wasn't getting the money she deserved, which is fine. <laughs> good for you, Deborah. you good, get that money. Good for you, Deborah. De- Deborah. Oh my God. Good for you, Deborah. you get that money, girl. Good for you, Deborah. Shut up. <laughs> just like IRL cry typing right now, like, oh my God. But, so, Beverly Leslie's here, and he brings out the worst in the waspy side of Karen. Yeah, like, okay, like, obviously, I know enough about Will and Grace to recognize this as a character who's coming back. But I'm so disappointed. Like, this whole episode, this guy is basically just, like, gay Harlan. Yeah. Except we're not even saying he's gay Harlan, which is kind of uncomfortable, actually. I mean, like, it, the, the assumption we're supposed to make is that this is, like, a very, very closeted, incredibly flamboyantly feminine man. Right, but like who that's has the whole thing. a wife and does like sexual things to get jewelry. But like, yeah, but but that's the thing is that like he's portrayed as kind of like Jack on steroids. Karen mm-hmm. keeps talking about his wife as having the masculine energy. Yeah, like it's just it is. Jack and Karen as one person taken to an uncomfortable level. Yeah. But also they're kind of Harlan. It's literally all the things I hate about the rich people on this show. Yep. Plus Jack. Yep. So essentially he's introduced because um, he's trying to steal Rosario. Right. From Karen. Because we all know Rosario is not a person. Yeah. No. So essentially like I guess Rosie's been working for Beverly at night and like he's paying her and... Like, Karen's really upset about it. And she's like, I can't believe that you steal from him, too. And la, la, la. <laughs> and it's just... So, the whole... Parts th- of this were the more... Pa- I should say palatable. Parts of this were the funniest parts of the episode. Like, yes. I did, I didn't... was amused by the parallels between, like, him stealing Rosario and, like, Rosario cheating on Karen. Right. That was amusing. Yeah. But also, it kind of hinged on the idea that Rosario is not a person and more yeah. like a Roomba with blood. Yeah, so she's a blood Roomba. And so basically the whole thing culminates in Karen and Le- Beverly Leslie playing a pool game and whoever the winner... I'm sorry, they're rich. It's billiards. So they're playing a game of pool <laughs> for Rosario, basically. Like, that's it. Whoever wins gets to have her, which is fucked up. It's just weird. And then they, like, have a conversation where they, like, try to lampshade it where they're like, oh, no, Rosario is a person. And then they just laugh. And, and then they laugh and then they play the game. And then, so anyways, like, Karen is losing and then she, like, cheats to, like, sabotage his shot. Right. But then she scratches on the eight ball and, like, so she loses Rosario and Rosario leaves, which is, like, well, I think Rosario is like, fuck you both, I'm not working right, for you. Right, exactly. So she leaves, which is legit. Like, I would have quit, too. Yeah. But then, like, we have this moment of Karen, like, moping around, like, sad and missing Rosie. And then Rosario just comes back for no reason. Yeah. Like, and there's just no explanation. Like, Karen didn't do anything to make up for it. Like, she doesn't get erased. She doesn't get any, like, more humane treatment. We just get this scene where Karen is spraying Febreze and, not Febreze, sorry. Karen is spraying Windex and smelling it. And then she's like, oh, I miss her. And then she quotes, like, half of the lines from I've grown accustomed to her face. Mm -hmm. And then Rosario comes back for no fucking reason. Not to completely monopolize this by talking of the revival, but, like, this is one of the areas where I feel like Will and Grace is a real problem on their hands. Because, again, it seems like they are positioning this revival as being this, like, liberal bastion in a, a world of Trump. Mm-hmm. And the character of Karen is really, really problematic if that's a tactic you're going to take. I mean, yeah. this is a woman who is basically, like, enslaving yeah. a Hispanic woman. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, it's... Who pretty- apparently is totally chill with it. Yeah. We've had episodes where that's played better, and this is not one of them. Yeah, I mean, like, I think if we're just using the election special as a basis, I think if we're going to approach it from that way where we're poking fun at Karen for being, like, a diehard Make mm-hmm. America Great Again, like, Trump supporter, that w- they could maybe get away with this, like, liberal utopia that they're yeah, trying to paint. Yeah, I can see that. But I, I think... The tone I've seen with Will and Grace in the three seasons, or well, two seasons and one pending mm-hmm. that I'm watching, is that Karen is often not the butt of the joke. Nope. At least not as often as we would like her to be. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that's the thing is, like, it would definitely be a tonal shift in the revival. And not a big one. No. There's not a lot that would have to change in, in this episode in particular mm-hmm. for Karen to be the butt of the joke instead of Rosario. Right. Well, this the thing is, the way that they treat Karen's character for the most part is that Karen is mean to everyone and that's the joke. Right. And so, like, it would be kind of a shift to have her still be mean to everyone, but then the joke is that she's a horrible person. Right. She never receives any comeuppance for being a bad no, person. No, Never. You know, when she's a bad person, she there are no consequences for her action. Rosario just comes back, and there is no change. Right. Like, that's the thing is, there's that one episode, um, I think it was towards the beginning of this season, where, mm-hmm. like, she gets Rosario, like, held in, like, the custom Yeah, it was office, at the very beginning of the season. And she, like, back. starts to experience, like, physical symptoms of guilt. Yeah. Pain, and, and that works really well. But, like... Comparatively. I mean, comparatively, but also, like, in that episode, we hated it because it it didn't have any resolution. She just, like, oh, I feel pain. And then she just sprung Rosie and that, and then she carried on being racist. And like, this may be a moot point because it doesn't seem like Rosario is 100% going to have a strong presence in the revival. She's yeah. kind of, she's literally wheeled in at the end of the election special. Yeah. I don't think her actor has said whether or not she's returning. Yeah, so. But, I mean, it's not... You know what I mean? Like, they could introduce another character who fulfills the same role, and it would still be problematic. Yeah. So, yeah, that's something to sort of look forward to, I guess, or not look forward to. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I guess I don't know what to expect. Yeah. So, in the final few minutes of this episode, I suppose we should talk about the title um, and the main yeah. the A plot, which we have The A plot is to. about Grace's uncle's car, which we've never been introduced to and don't care about at and all. And we'll never see again. Right. Um. So, basically, Grace. Gets a letter in the mail being like, your storage facility needs to get paid for this car. And Will is like, why do you still have this car? And she's like, my uncle gave me this car. And then she gets all emotional about it. And Will's like, well, you should fucking sell it. Right. So she sells it. Or rather, Will sells it for her. And he sells it to a nun. And the nun (laughs) is... Alan DeGeneres, which is like slightly redeeming. Yeah. So the nun is Alan DeGeneres. And Alan DeGeneres' character is like really weird and... And funny, I guess. She's kind of funny. It's just she's not very well utilized. Like, the best laugh from the episode that I got was, so she's describing how long she's been a nun. She's (laughs) like, I've been in this convent since I was three. My parents dressed me up, put me in the back of the car, handed me a lollipop, told me we were going to the zoo. I was looking forward to seeing the penguins. Kind of ironic, huh? And then, like, she chuckles, and then she's like, what's sex with a man like? (laughs) Which is funny, because get it, guys. Especially funny, because Ellen is a lesbian Right, like, get it, guys. It's it's Ellen, she's a lesbian. She she doesn't have sex with men. Ha, 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 ha. That part of the episode could be a little bit more redeeming. It's just all of the build-up to it. Yeah. All of the, you know, we have to talk about the car. The car has to be a piece of shit. You know, Will has to sell the car. Will has Grace to, has to want the car back. Now right. we've got a lesbian nun in play. Like, and the lesbian nun is selling cheesecakes, which is why she bought the car in the first right. place. Like, there were just... Now the car magically works. Like, like for no apparent reason, the car...
car inexplicably works now. And then, like, there's a tape from the car, and it's a message from Grace's uncle, and he's like, Grace, as long as you have this car, you'll have me. And it's like, why the fuck do we care? And, like, Will had... We don't care. Will had nothing to do this episode except for to show up and be like, Grace, don't have this car, and then feel slightly guilty for selling it. actually, that Will shouldn't have felt guilty at all. Grace told him to sell the car. Yeah. And then he sold the car, and then he kept a finder's fee, which, like, was made a huge deal out of, but I think that's totally fair. Well, I think maybe if they'd agreed upon it beforehand. I, I guess. I just mean, if I... if I, I think, asked, frankly, a car that was smoking when you started it, and you got $400 for it... That's pretty impressive. That's fantastic. I would have taken way more than $50 of the finder's fee if I'd done that for you. My old car only got $200 when yeah. I turned it in. And that's with it inflation. Didn't, it didn't... Sm- inflation. It didn't smoke, but the front end was duct taped on. So, <laughs> but yeah, so like, just like that plot was... Th- it's just dumb. It was the A plot, and it was just fucking dumb. And like It was A, the plot was dumb, and B, it really relied on Grace being a lot stupider than even Grace right, is she normally. she was just like very sentimental and not being practical at all. Like there is just... It, it's just like this... We, I'm not surprised to hear this episode was written by a man. Let's put no. it that way. Like, I just mean, when you think about Grace's character in context, like, she's a somewhat savvy business owner. Like, she ca- can afford to split an apartment on what appears to be, like, the Upper West Side of Manhattan. She doesn't usually have very close ties to her family. Yeah, like, we've only, we've seen her mom, but other than that, we've we've met her sister once and her father never. Yeah. So, like, the idea that, like, now we have this uncle we're supposed to care about, which has never been mentioned before. Well, Grace is definitely pl- prone to irrationality. Like, right. That's well established. It's not weird. It's problematic, but it's not weird. Mm-hmm. But Grace usually sees the error of her ways when presented with a rational argument. Right. And instead of in this episode, she sees the uh, the right solution is to sell the car. Right. But then will give to the Magi's her and buys it back anyways. Yeah, and then they still have to drive around the Cheesecake Nun. Like, right. it's just weird. I don't, like, the thing is, she she does have this moment after they sell the car where she's, like, going through all of her stuff. She's like, I do hold on to things. But then it's like, Will's like, well, good thing you knew because I bought the car back. Well, and like, what is it even supposed to prove? Because, I like, all the things she's holding on to are equally dumb. It's not like she was holding on to, like, something with Will, which is what I expected. Right. Or holding on to something with, like, her mother. or. Nope. It's like, it never actually ties into any real relationship. No, they're all like, they're literally garbage. Like, there's this one point where she's like, oh, this is the Remember Me pendant from What's Her Name. Like, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, I so don't get rid of that stuff. Get rid of the car. Get rid of the pendant. Right. Get rid of the knickknacks. That's, I, I think that's actually a good plot line for her, except they walk it back and they buy the car back. Yeah. That's what I don't understand. I don't yeah. understand what they're going for with that effort. I don't either. So. <sighs> Yeah, that's that's pretty much this episode this week. It's a fucking shit show. And I don't want it to be a shit show because we just had a very complex, like, problematic but good episode with Matt. Yep. That we, we didn't like a lot of, but, like, we appreciated the effort of it. And right. this feels like at least three or four steps back. This feels like they were all hung over in the writer's room. Like, honestly. Like, it just feels like, what if we just had Ella on the show and she was a nun? Right. It, it's, they're like, how do we get to that? Th-? And they're like, oh, hang on, I'm drunk. Hold my beer. And then they come up with the world's most convoluted plot to get the nun involved. And at least, most of the time when we get a bad A plot or B plot or C plot, there is something redeeming in the other plots to make up for it. And this week was really just a culmination of every character getting a really lousy, really problematic plot. Yep. So, sorry yep. guys. So way to go, white people. Hope that episode wasn't a real bummer for you. <laughs> 
Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's about all we've got this week. Yeah. Uh, next week, we've got a two-part episode. Coming so up. expect a slightly longer Will and Grace podcast from us. Yep, yep, yep. Other than that, I can't think of anything else we have. I can't. I guess I can tell people where we're on social media. Yeah, tell them about the internet, Matthew. Well, the internet is a big thing, and it's all around us. Love is actually all around us. Yes, the internet is like love, except it does not have a British accent. But it does have tubes. It does have tubes. So if you want to find us, the best place to look for us is on Twitter. We are at Not A Couple Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook, on Tumblr, on Medium, where we post our show notes, mm-hmm. on Mixcloud, iTunes, or Podbean. You can also send us an email at notacouplepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, so do that. And uh, tell us your thoughts and feelings on this. Yeah, really I mean, maybe episode. you love this episode. Maybe this is your favorite Will and Grace episode. I hope not. I judge you a little bit. We're worried about you if it is. Like, <laughs> see a therapist. Yeah. Maybe go to one of those, like... Uh, Maybe you have a weird attachment to your uncle's car. I'm just saying, they have a racist anonymous group somewhere in the world. You could join it. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, thanks so much for listening, you guys. Um, and we'll see you next week. Yeah. I'm Tess. I'm Matthew. And this has been Not a Couple. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. of Not A Couple was recorded in front of a live studio audience of one cat. Meow. Meow. Hi, Eliza. Oh, hi, Eliza. Meow. <laughs> this episode of Not A Couple was brought to you by Lesbian Cheesecake Nuns. We feel like there should be a pun in there, but that would probably be sexist. Lesbian Cheesecake Nuns. <laughs>